Chris Hall here on uh, Dogs on the Band on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and all those other places uh, that you'll find us. And it's good to have Jeremy O'Neill Johnson with us. Jeremy works for Dogs HQ on 3 sportscom And uh, Jeremy uh, uh, joins us on our program. We're going to talk a little bit about college football, specifically toning, honing in on uh, the University of Georgia. Jeremy, welcome to our program today. It's a great joy to have you with us. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, let, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, Georgia. Now, you know, I, I look over the um, the uh, recruiting rankings for 2024 from uh, On3 Sports, and you guys have Georgia with the number one ranked team in uh, the 2024 class, followed by Ohio State, Florida, Alabama, Florida State, Tennessee, Clemson, Michigan, Penn State, and USC rounding out uh, the top ten. Uh, give me your impressions about this recruiting class that's coming into Athens. It seems as if it's going to be another stellar recruiting class for the University of Georgia, just more of the same as uh, Kirby and the staff uh, load up again. Uh, just specifically honing in on this uh, 2024 recruiting class, give me your impressions of what's coming to Athens uh, in this next recruiting class. You know, I feel like we say this every year, but this is a special group. Um, <laughs> stellar, yeah. stellar, stellar definitely sums them up. You know, I definitely think, you know, there's a lot to this group just off the field. I think they are very high quality people, you know, also, and they really seem to get along, which is, you know, you would think that happens in every class, but that's not always the case. Yeah. And I feel like these guys will be a good football team together just because they like each other. You know, um, there's a lot of talent. I think they got two quarterbacks that are really good. Both of those guys are really good options. Both of them can do a lot of really good things with the football. Very different personality-wise. You know, just, you know, this this is another one of those foundational classes for Georgia, for sure. You know, I, I was I was reading an article, and I forget who exactly wrote it, but I, I was reading an article, and it may have been Rusty. It may even have been you. I don't know. I, I read a lot of articles about uh, Georgia. Uh, but but the gist is, you know, Kirby Smart's best football team may yet to be on the field yet uh, with this recruiting class. This this year's, uh, you know, class that will be on the field with those uh, who are returning for the University of Georgia. And for the coming year's recruiting classes, you know, as good as Georgia has been, obviously with back-to-back national championships, you got to say Georgia's been pretty good here here lately, is it possible that the best team uh, that Kirby Smart will uh, have at the University of Georgia may yet be in the future? Is that possible? That's, I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, you know, you just never know how recruits are going to turn out. You know, situations may occur once you get on campus and guys, you know, things happen. And we've seen it in the past where recruits come in as five stars and, you know, they, they're out of they're off campus by the end of their freshman year. Yeah. And then you have a three-star walk-on. You got a walk-on quarterback that comes in and leads you to two national championships. I mean, so, you know, there's going to be somebody. It's an it's an inexact, inexact science for sure. But, you know, I do think – I'm not going to say better. I'm going to say different. This team will – like this – where they're going will look different than what we've seen. You know, just by mentioning two quarterbacks, I mean, you just kind of look at the receiving core and the types of receivers they're bringing in and – the, the 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 way they've you know valued the big men up front on the offensive line, which is that's a it's it's similar to what they've had, but also these guys are very athletic, so they're going to be really good at pass protecting. And I think you're starting to see some morphosis on the what they're looking for as you know the edge guys, the big six six 
long arm edge guys to rush the pass. I think that's something that, you know, is starting to come into vogue with Georgia's defense. You know, we've seen Nolan Smith the last few years at 6'1 or 6'2 kind of be the, the prototype for what they do on defense as an edge, and I think that's going to look different. So better maybe in theory they should be, but I think different is more of what we will see. More, It'll be a different-looking team in the next couple of years. Yeah, as long as different's better or good, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go with that. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Rayoli and Puglisi, uh, the quarterbacks coming in, uh, Dylan Rayoli. At Buford, Georgia now, which is, you know, I'm from the old school. You know, back in the day, you, you, I'd be, you know, there were rumors that some schools were recruiting. Now I'm sure Buford maybe have got a call one day from the Rayoli family and said, hey, we'd like to come and, you know, play football there. Uh, he being from Arizona, uh, you know, it's, it's, he's in Georgia now. Give me your, I, I know you've had eyeballs on Dylan uh, Rayoli. You've watched him. Uh, you've watched his skill set. Uh, give me your impressions on Dylan and uh, what what Georgia is getting in this obviously elite quarterback. He has a lot of he has a lot of potential. He's I mean he's got he's got special arm talent, you know. And you know people use that and say that a lot. And what exactly is that? You know, you just watch him throw the deep ball, and it just it just does things in the air that you just don't expect the football to do, and it just goes. It just gets another gear, and it's just like, man, this is different. And he yeah. can do the the Patrick Mahomes no look passes, and he can do the, you know, just flick his wrist and sling it through the defense. He can do that. So I mean, I don't know if Georgia's had a guy like that in a long time. It's just at that position that can freelance and do things down the field that Rayola can do. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the best way I can describe him. I mean, he's. He's still young in his development. Um, I believe he began playing football a little later in life, but you know he's he's got he's got a lot of the tools that you look for when you start trying to build a quarterback that you know goes high in the NFL draft, for sure. And, and you know you mentioned Rayoli, and I've heard the comparisons uh, with the uh, uh, you know or with Mahomes rather. You mentioned Mahomes, and I've mentioned the comparisons between or heard about the comparisons between uh, Rayoli. And Patrick Mahomes, you think that's legitimate? You think that's that's you know? I know he's at that level, and that's a lot to put on the kid. But uh, you think that's legitimate for uh, a comparison between Rayoli and Mahomes? I mean, I mean, just walking off the bus, they kind of look alike. If you really you want to know the truth about it, they 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 very they look very similar as far as their, the way they look. But I mean, that's I don't like to do the comparison thing because yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is so special. I mean, that there's one of those. I mean, and I think we've – it's like we lucked into finding that one. So, I mean, there are some similarities, but I also think that some of the stuff that Rayola does is because it's the way quarterbacks train nowadays. Like Patrick Mahomes is like Steph Curry, what Steph Curry was for basketball, where the three-point game has, you know, become just regular. Everybody's shooting three-pointers now. I think some of the stuff that Patrick Mahomes does on the football field – Quarterbacks actually go out and train, do that stuff. Like I was saying, the the no look, the underarm, the multiple slots. That's that's something these guys incorporate into their practice habits, and I think you see them getting better at it, just and being able to do it like it's normal. Now, I mean, you know, Rayola does it, but then you got a ninth grader or, or rising tenth grader down at Carrollton, Julian Lewis. Yeah, he does a lot of the same things that I'm describing with Rayola. So. You know, it's I, I don't I don't think he's I don't think there's a comparison. I do think there are some, you know, traits that 
you know, that he's picked up because Mahomes has been so good, you know, yeah. all the time. And he's on TV and he's doing it and these guys see it and they say, hey, that is so cool and it's celebrated, of course. Hey, you know, and the other quarterback for Georgia, Ryan Puglisi, uh, there's nothing short about him either. Uh, he, uh, You know, he's been described to me as a stud at quarterback. What is your impressions of Puglisi? I was very impressed with him. I got a chance to meet him at the Elite 11, as I did Rayola. Um, I've met him on a couple of occasions. And just speaking to him, he's a very well put together manners wise. You know, I really feel like guys gravitate towards him. He's got a big, powerful arm that when he learns how to, you know, not necessarily throw 95 miles per hour every time, he's going to be, you know, somebody that we look at like a, you know, that's going to have a big time opportunity at Georgia at some point. Um, he can move around. He's, you know, he's he's one of those hard-nosed football players that, you know, I think Kirby Smart really, really values. So, you know, I think he's 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 a, he's he's a very impressive player as well. You know, Georgia, I mean, there are the options are, I mean, if you found two guys better than, you know, like to mold into a quarterback room, like that's going to be hard to top when you look at a quarterback room top to bottom with those two just alone. And you got Gunnar Stockton and Brock Vandegrift and Carson Beck, who they'll – who will be their teammates next year. So It looks pretty good in Athens in the quarterback <laughs> room, to be honest with you. But, yeah. you know, for me, the thing that really makes Georgia stand out, and it was such on, on display against TCU in the national championship game, is is on the offensive and defensive line. I, I You know, Georgia just has is so stacked, and it's like a wall. It literally is like a wall, and other teams have a hard time matching up with that. I know our good friend Rusty Manziel, spoke about how how TCU just, you know, they couldn't match up uh, to Georgia physically in the trenches on the offensive line, defensive line, and also in the, you know, on the defensive uh, backfield as well, linebacker position. Uh, and Georgia's stacking up again. I mean, I look at the size of these kids that are coming in in this recruiting class. I'm just astounded, you know, 6'5", whatever, and 6'6", whatever, and they can run so fast. It really is amazing the Athletic ability, even on the offensive and uh, defensive line uh, for these kids coming into college these days, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, it, it is definitely just me. When, anytime I go and see some of these guys, I'm like, holy cow. Like, <laughs> What I mean, is their mama feeding them? What are, you, what are you doing in life to be this big, this young? I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean it's, 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 it's amazing. And, you know, I do think it's an emphasis for a reason because for one, it works. It works because it, no matter how much we try to slice football into this basketball on turf theory, usually the bigger, stronger guys eventually win over 60 minutes. And Georgia continues to stack those guys up and make sure that they have the biggest, they have the strongest and they have the most athletic. And, you know, it's not just that these guys are big either. I mean, you know, we just talked about two quarterbacks, I mean, Georgia's going to throw the football around a little more than they have, I think, over the next couple of years, just because you're going to have these quarterbacks and these receivers that you're trying to impress because that's what we're told you have to have to be able to go win the national championship games. But when you get a lead, you can do what you do it did against Tennessee and turn around and hand the football off and kill clock and just eat up fourth quarters when you want to because you've got 6'8", 6'6", 6'5", 6'4", 6'8" across the board and that's that's where games are won mm. even even today is no matter how we try to change that yeah and you know they just wear wear them down on the offensive line you wear down the defense and uh, vice versa on the defensive line 
you know, just kind of sticking with the quarterback situation for Georgia a little bit. Carson Beck, uh, Brock Vandergriff, Gunnar Stockton already in the quarterback room. And it appears as if Carson Beck, you know, from what we hear, yeah. is going to be the starter uh, for the University of Georgia. And, you know, I think about the quarterback position with uh, Stetson Bennett. You know, Stetson just had that, I don't know, that intangible, that that chip on his shoulder, that intangible level of leadership that he uh, put on display. I mean, the thing with Tennessee when he did the phone thing, you know, to the fans. And uh, there was just that just that something, I, I guess, in the peripheral with uh, Stetson Bennett that made him such a wonderful leader. He had, obviously, he had the physical ability to be the quarterback. And I, I'm wondering, you know, when you put a Carson Beck out there, man, he's a great quarterback. Uh, you know, he, he's got all the tools to be uh, a fantastic quarterback in college. You, you kind of wonder, does he have the intangibles on the fringes that make Carson yeah. Beck such a great quarterback? What What is your impression of Carson Beck? And I have no doubt of his physical ability and his leadership ability, uh, but I'm, I'm anxious to see it on the field. What about you? I'm also anxious to see what happens because, you know, the quarterback room is a, it's a, it's, you have a, there's a little bit of a weird dynamic as it's different in any other position group on the field, you know, because, you know, Stetson was a great leader for so long at Georgia. I mean, what, where was Carson's place to speak and say and do and be the guy, the rah-rah guy that says this before the huddle? He'll get that opportunity this year. But yeah. to me, there's been a little bit of, you know, hey, we like this guy because of, uh, I'm going to say it was two years ago where the receivers had Carson, you know, not Stetson, not anybody else, not JT Daniels. It was Carson Beck that was throwing for them at Pro Day. Yeah. You know, to me, that's a huge stamp saying that, hey, you know, not only do we like this guy, but we have enough chemistry with this guy that we trust him to throw us the football in the biggest job interview of our lives. It's football career anyway. But yeah. um, to me, that was a that was one of those checkmark moments that, OK, well, at least the guys like him now that he has the position and that he'll be out there in the field. And he'll be in the huddle a little more often. I kind of wonder how his personality will manifest as a leader i do think he he will have someday he may lead a little different than stats i don't know if he's as you know com like confident and you know yeah. like you said there's that thing that you just can't really yeah, but you know i believe there is a little bit in that in, of that in carson beck i know i know the other two have it as well Gunnar stockton and brock vandergriff are both you know i've watched them run through tackles and you know chirp at the defense both of them at the high school level so I'm sure Carson has a little bit of that. I think he will be a different guy than Stetson, but also I think he will be the team will quickly take on his personality just because I think guys like him. So that's, yeah. that's half the battle right there. Yeah, you know, and I think you like that in your quarterback to have that kind of swagger and confidence, yeah. and you know maybe even a little bit a bit of arrogance that that yeah. Stetson developed over the season, and especially that he put on display after they won. Yeah. Uh, Georgia won the, uh, the the national championship, and by the way, Stetson's showing out apparently at Rams camp, and you know, and the coach is very pleased with him. Yeah. And you know, I think the good thing for Carson Beck is the fact that you know you don't take any opponent, I guess, for granted. But Georgia starts with UT Martin mm -hmm. uh, at night, and then Ball State. Then you get into the you know the taller weeds with the South Carolina. Uh, you know, the third week, and then you have UAB before you get into Auburn and Kentucky. So, you know, Georgia, I, I think, uh, will have the advantage of getting Carson maybe, you know, I hate to, I don't want to disparage anyone, but maybe the lesser 
you know, offer uh, lesser teams, uh, UT Martin and Ball State, you would expect Georgia to take care of business and uh, get Carson's uh, feet wet a little bit, a little quicker, right? Yeah, there definitely will be an opportunity for him to kind of sit in a chair and, you know, kind of get his bearings a little bit and, you know, kind of feel out where the where the seat needs to be adjusted yeah. and, you know, and <laughs> kind of move the steering wheel a little bit. I think that's kind of what these first two games will be, you know, but I also kind of want to see how much we'll see those other two guys too. Yeah. Because, you know, they haven't named a starter, you know, they yeah. haven't come out and said that. And we've seen in the past, I mean, DeJuan Mathis won the job out of camp and right. halfway through the season, they turned to Stetson Bennett, the third guy. They skipped over Carson, who had beaten him out in the fall camp to yeah. go and play. And, and he never really, well, I guess JT Daniels took over. But, you know, that was kind of the beginning of, oh, the Stetson Bennett guy is pretty good. So yeah. I think Carson will get his chance to get comfortable. But I think also we will see those other two guys maybe, you know, just to kind of see what they can do in games as well, because that's the one question we don't have answered is what these guys can do, like with the real lights on. We've seen them in G Day, but that's not that's not a real game, you know. And you know, uh, there's nothing short with uh, Brock Vandergriff and uh, Gunnar Stockton. No. I mean, uh, those guys are extremely talented as well and deserve to be, uh, you know, playing college football. And Gunnar Stockton, Gunnar Stockton just has the name. I mean, you know, he, the quarterback name, Gunner. I mean, yeah. for heaven's sake. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, of course, uh, this will be the last year for divisions in the SEC, and then things just all kind of change with the SEC uh, going away from the divisions. But Georgia still in the SEC Eastern Division. Who do you think is the biggest threat to Georgia in their division this year? Ooh, the biggest threat in division. <sighs> Part of me wants to just say Tennessee. Yeah, because Tennessee will, you know, for one, they had that big matchup last year where, you know, Georgia in the rain and big game day atmosphere and Georgia kind of ran away a little bit. This year, Georgia has to go there. I think that will be an opportunity for for Tennessee to kind of get their get back if they're going to get it. Um, they got a big time quarterback in Joe Milton with a lot of ability that, you know, runs the offense that really suits his skill set. And for some reason, he doesn't do it well. They got another young guy, Nico, that's that's really talented yeah. and really special that will be a problem in the next couple of years. So, you know, that's, I would say Tennessee, the short, that's the short answer. Um, yeah. I think Kentucky will be interesting. I think Kentucky will be a team that, you know, with Devin Leary at quarterback, obviously they bring a lot of physical stuff up, up front on both sides of the football. So that's going to be a – it's going to be a team that, you know, every year we hear Kirby Smart say, yes, it's going to be a physical football game. And really, yeah. and, I mean, because he respects, he respects what, you know, Coach Stoops and them, they do over there at Kentucky because they they know how they're built and what they're built of. And I think that's going to be a team that, you know, sneaks around. They may be second or third or, you know, have a shot to win that thing late in the year. So, Yeah, and, uh, you know, South Carolina with Spencer Rattler and uh, some of the talent that they've accumulated. Hey, it's not going to be a cakewalk. You know, people talk about Georgia's easy schedule. Yeah, it's easy to you play these teams, you know, and you get on the field with these teams. And uh, uh, so it's going to – for me, it's always a challenge. And I was telling you before we started our program, I'm from the Larry Munson School of Pessimism. I think, George, oh, no, we got to play this team, be it Vanderbilt or, you know, uh, UT Martin or whatever it uh, may be. You know, I'm always saying, oh, Georgia's going to struggle in this. Uh, but uh, hopefully, yeah. Is it possible? Is it possible for a third straight – 
undefeated season in the regular season. Uh, I mean, it's it's been over a thousand days since uh, Georgia has lost a game during the regular season. And if they run the table, it'll be like a thousand and what, uh, uh, 500, 1500 days or something like that. I was, I was looking at it. Uh, it, it what do you think? I mean, you know, this is such rarefied air. You're back-to-back national champions and you're going to be favored to win a third straight one. What do you what do you make of these days at the University of Georgia? For somebody like me who's followed Georgia for so many years, I just still I don't know what to think about this. Uh, this is these are the good old days, don't you think? Yeah, that was that was gonna be my point. You know, you kind of I, I don't think we anyone has been able to kind of wrap their head around exactly what's happening right now because I think it's gonna we're gonna look back in 10 years and it's gonna be so historic and it's gonna be so hard to replicate because of first of all where college football is going just with the schedule and all the conference alignment and everything but it's 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 wild that's the best way i can describe it i don't think i mean i've lived in athens and been around this pro like around georgia for a long time and it's it's i i if you had told me this 10 years ago i don't know like what how like how did that happen like how did that get there that quickly but here we are, and I think the best way to do it right now is to kind of just sit back and just take in what's happening, you know, because context, putting context with it is just not going to – you're never going to do it justice in the moment because it's not over yet. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> I like it myself. I, yeah. I like it. You know, being, you know, being able to rag on some of the Auburn guys and Florida guys and, uh, you know, and to hear them trying to respond – uh, listen, I, I, let me do this with you right quick. I, I, just quickly, uh, I got a series of which is more likely. So let me yeah. let me just throw this out here. Which is more likely? Uh, UGA wins a third national championship in a row or a Big Ten team breaks through for a national championship? Which one of those do you think is more likely to happen this season? This season, I'm going to say the third national title for Georgia. Okay. Because... You know, Ohio State's breaking in a new quarterback. Right. You know, they, but they, I would say they're a big threat just because of the receiving core they have and the yeah. defensive line that they have. And, you know, they're, they they can go out on any Saturday and compete with anyone. You know, yeah. Michigan's in the same position. You know, they just, they have a very experienced quarterback. So, you know, that gives them a shot in any ball game. I just don't know if, you know, if you throw them on the field with Georgia, you know, what happens right now just because of the, the level of play in the trenches that Georgia has coming back. You know, I think people write Georgia off a little bit because of Jalen Carter going to the NFL, but Nazir Stackhouse and, uh, you know, all those guys, Jordan, Jordan Hall's a freshman that's going to come in and he's, he's, he's dynamite. So there's a lot of good football players that play on those lines of scrimmages at Georgia. So that's, that's where I'm at right now with that. Yeah. You know, and Penn state uh, could be poised to have a kind of that season that they've been looking for. Uh, in a long time. Well, which is more likely Alabama wins the SEC West or LSU or Texas A&M does? I'm going to go with, oh, man. I know. I know. That, that, and who, Arkansas is not no slouch over there. I don't and know. This is well. So um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Alabama winning the West or is more likely. Yeah, and and you know their quarterback situation, Alabama's quarterback situation is kind of up in the air at the moment. It'll be kind of interesting yeah. to see how how that plays out. Uh, which is more likely, 
Texas or Oklahoma winning the Big 12 championship in their final season in the in that league? Which is more likely? You think Texas or Oklahoma? D.C., you won it, uh, what? Uh, uh, well, D.C. actually didn't win it last year. They came in yeah. second, yeah. Uh, losing uh, to Oklahoma State. So uh, what do you think? Which is more likely? Will Texas or Oklahoma win the Big 12 championship as they say goodbye and hello to the SEC? I would say Texas is more likely. Just their quarterbacks. Quarterback room is one of the best in the country. Obviously, Quinn Ewers, um, yeah. Arch Manning. You got Malik Moore, Malik Murphy. Um, that's that's a that's a trio right there that a lot of teams would love to have. So, I think that's going to give them the shot. Coach uh, Coach Sark, Sarkeesian over there has really really got that program going in the right direction. Yeah, uh, Texas or Alabama in that game when they play oh. this season. That's going to be that's going to be fun, isn't it? It's going to be a fun game. And I think Texas, I think Texas is going to feel like they. You know, their old one just because of how things went last year. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. And finally, uh, you know, entering the, you always have hype around certain teams entering into, uh, you know, a football season. Teams that, you know, showed promise last year. You know, will they be able to, to do what, you know, uh, get over the hump for this year? For instance, Florida State. A lot of people are on the bandwagon with Florida State, LSU. Uh, there's a lot of hype going around with Oregon and Washington, uh, Notre Dame. People are saying don't sleep on Notre Dame, Penn State that we've already talked about, uh, Texas. Which one of those teams you think will be uh, more likely to to advance to the next level uh, for this coming season? What do you think? Ooh, um, I'm going to go with out of that group you named, I'm going to say Oregon because yeah. Oregon has a fifth or sixth-year quarterback. Oregon's also in year two of Dan Lanning, who is great, you know, underneath underneath Kirby Smart over here at Georgia for a while. Um, I think I think that program's going in the right direction. That's they got a tough schedule. Like yeah. that Pac-12 is going to be a little bit of murder. murder. This going to be a tough stretch for them, yeah. at the least. <laughs> and is Pat is the Pac-12 going to survive? I mean, you know, you got you got. There's a lot of speculation. What's going to happen to the Pac-12? Yeah. With Arizona possibly leaving and yeah. uh, going to the Big 12, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be crazy because it's, it's going to be fun to watch this year, and then all those teams are going to go their separate, separate ways potentially. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens there. Kind of, uh, you know, kind of weird. And and just finally, you know, your impression of what's going on with college football these days, you know, NIL. Uh, I, what a you know, coming out of the pandemic, I guess was the, you know, one of the stimuluses for the NIL, the transfer portal, uh, conference defections and additions, expanded playoffs. A lot of stuff's going on in college football these days. Uh, what, what do you think about that? And what's the next what's the next big thing that may happen in college football? What do you think? I feel like we're going we're gonna to figure out what the, what the, whatever the conferences is going to look like. We're going to have that big conference blow up eventually where, Everyone's going to go to where they're supposed to be or where they yeah. want to be, and then we're going to go from there and divvy it up. I think the college, the, play, the new playoff system kind of cracked the door e- even more for that to happen. I think we're going to either have one big conference or <laughs> two big conferences or four big conferences, and that'll be kind of how we go from there. But I think that's probably the next thing. Um, you know, yeah. We'll see what happens with NIL. I think you know there's some legisl- legislation stuff that's probably going to start happening at some point. You know, we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens there. You almost think some uh, there's got to be some kind of handle on that. I, 
but who knows? And how, how do you go about it? And Congress wants to get involved in it. And sometimes Congress getting involved in stuff is not the best thing uh, to have happen. So I don't know. It, it's interesting times. Uh, you know, for an old school guy, traditionalist like me, I, I sit around sometime and I'm saying, well, what, what's going on with college football? But still, it's the game on the field that's great. You yeah, know? Yeah. And, and uh, so the game on the field is, is like it's always been. You know, and uh, it's it's great. Uh, well, Jeremy, uh, uh, Jeremy O'Neill Johnson, uh, working with uh, Dogs HQ on 3sports.com. He has to put up with Rusty Manziel a lot. You know, we love Rusty, don't we? He's a good guy. He's he a good is. Guy. A, he, he Rusty is a legend of, around this state. He just everywhere he goes, it seems like he knows literally every person in the room. And I'm just sitting back a lot. Like, how do you <laughs> know all of these people? Like, how do you remember all of these names? And, you know, the guy never meets a stranger because he's such a good down-to-earth guy that just, you know, he just lights up a room when he's around. So it's, you know, it's definitely a, a good atmosphere to work in when, you know, you get yeah. to wake up and go to work for him or work around him every day. So. Well, you guys do a great job in uh, covering the University of Georgia, and there's a lot to cover uh, these days. It's a lot of fun, I know, for you uh, to be able to, to do that, and I saw where you you were down at. We're we're located in South Georgia. You were down in our neck of the woods here recently, right? Yeah, where I hopped in the car and drove to Savannah yesterday, and then drove back. I kind of regret it just coming <laughs> back. I should have just stayed the night or something, but I was like, I want to be back home, sleep in my own bed. Uh, down yeah. there, saw a couple of young guys down there, and got in my car and turned around, and came back. So it was about eight hours of driving yesterday, but you know that's part of the job. That's part of the job. Better than a lot of things I could be doing. Uh, sure. That's true. And, you know, somebody asked me, uh, in fact, yesterday they asked me, he says, well, you know, why does Georgia lose some of the in-state talent to out-of-state teams? And I mm -hmm. said, well, look, you can't get them all. No. I mean, there's only so many spots, and Georgia has their targets. And, yeah, Georgia, you know, sometimes they'll lose guys that they really want, especially in-state guys, yeah. going to go other places. But that happens because sometimes these guys look at the roster and – they think of themselves, if I go to Georgia, I may not play, you know, for two or three years or whatever the case uh, may be. You can't get them all, but Georgia, you know, gets enough uh, from the in-state and out-of-state talent. It, it really is amazing what's going on at the University of Georgia. Well, Jeremy, it's good to have you on our program today. Is there anything I need to ask you that I haven't asked you yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, we, we covered a lot of it. Um uh, I definitely enjoyed, enjoyed talking Georgia football. I mean, it's, you know, definitely I'm excited about the opportunity to go and, you know, full-time with Dogs HQ. So that's been, that's been an exciting like last couple of weeks for me. So that's, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready for this season. All right, man. Uh, thank you for being with us today. And we'll talk to you again soon and go dogs, right? <laughs> go dogs. <laughs>